0: Healthy Beast. This week's guest is Nick Duridan. He's an author and journalist. He's been on the podcast before. He was talking about a book called Get Well Soon, where he took tried a load of alternative therapies to try and combat chronic fatigue syndrome, which had kept him pretty much housebound for years. When I when he came on last time, I apparently, this according to him, sounded like a motivational speaker. So in my ignorant way, I was just trying to talk him up to getting out of the house. Well not because of me, but he's made a lot of progress and he's now up and about. So I came back to talk to him about all the things he's got going on in his life. He's got a new book out called The Smallest Things about the enduring power of family. He's got another book called A Life Less Lonely, which is leading us all to lead more connected lives and not just phone connected, but actually connected but the book I talked to him about before was Get Well Soon where he spent years trying all kinds of weird and wonderful alternative therapies to get himself better or one way or the other it's worked because he's 50 years old and he's looking great so welcome Nick (laughs) Duoden Nick Jordan. Do I say welcome back if I'm at your house? I guess so, yeah. I suppose it's welcome back to the podcast. Yeah. Very aware. I listened to our podcast afterwards. And I sounded a bit too evangelical for my own liking. Because just to give context for anyone that didn't listen before, I came to see you about a book that you wrote. So, Get Well Soon, about your battle with chronic fatigue syndrome. So, we talked about that a lot last time. And I wrote an article about it and I think the article got a bit of heat because people don't like you criticising the condition but my, my take on it was I suppose if you can sort of fight your way out of it and ignore what may or may not be wrong with you great The criticism a bit that you um, that you, you have to be careful how much you push mm. but the way I suppose I'm looking at it, that almost all things apart from medical conditions you can do nothing about almost all things in life are a challenge so i suppose yeah. i suppose i'm probably talking too much in one go now but i think i just listened to myself talking to you and i probably did sound a bit much too much like
1: are you sure this is real you sounded like a motivational speaker was very motivating <laughs> for me but but the problem with this because in my book i Uh, an NHS doctor eventually tells me like four years afterwards that I never had chronic fatigue, it was something different. So chronic fatigue is this massive umbrella and it affects people differently and the, the arguments I guess may have come your way stem from the fact that you can't fight your way through this because the body isn't working as it should so you can try all you like but it's the body isn't functioning properly and it's diminished so if you do push through you become worse and I guess lots of people have tried to push through in the past because that's our instinct, isn't it? It's the human instinct to do everything that you said to me made perfect sense and I wanted to push on through. And I'd learned over the years that I wasn't capable of doing that. So you, you become overly cautious. And I was, when, when I met you last time, I was definitely at that point where I was so used to my exaggerated sense of caution. But that was what I thought I I needed to do to survive and to not make the condition, whatever condition I do have, worse. In terms of the condition, apparently it's the mitochondrial cells aren't functioning. So the mitochondria are the cells that um, give us energy. Mm-hmm. Mine are faulty. I got a really nasty flu years ago, it was a strain of bird flu that I caught while on, on a work trip in America on the west coast. And it laid me low like I'd never been before and apparently my body never recovered it attacked the mitochondrial cells and they never recovered either. So I had fatigue but it was, and it was certainly chronic because it went on and on and on and it still does go on and on uh, every now and then, but it's not the chronic fatigue that the NHS understands because I don't have lots of the other symptoms so they were not able to treat me. So I was in the course of the book meeting, to be honest, people not unlike you who had this evangelical streak that I found an awful lot of strength from thinking, yes, I'm going to I'm going to take the bull by the horns again because before I'd let go, because I was scared. So, yeah, I, I thought it was inspiring talking to you last time, and I do think that sense of pushing on through makes an awful lot of sense in many cases for those who can. And the
0: last eight nine months, what, how's your health been?
1: It's been fine, more or less. Um, yeah, it's been it's been okay. I, you get used. To, I think time. Has a lot to do with it. You you become aware of what you can do. You can be too lazy and too, you know, you fall into bad habits quite easily. So I'm aware that I'm constantly gently pushing myself forward to do more and more and more because I am out of condition. You know, I must be really unfit because I never been put on weight. But apparently that's part of the whole mitochondrial thing. Of my diet has um, suffered over the last few years because I can't digest food the way I used to because we need a lot of energy to digest food and the mitochondria does that and it's not giving me enough energy to do it so I'm eating less and less so I'm not as strong as I used to be I'm not as fit as I used to be but in terms of the last few months it's been pretty good
0: because you're already like getting out and about because you've been been pretty much housebound hadn't you and then by the time we spoke last time earlier this year so you were doing some physical exercise and
1: yeah I mean yeah the, the book uh, Traces like eight years almost right. so for two years I really didn't do very much of anything I was just sitting with this new illness condition whatever you want to call it and trying to understand its parameters and what it meant I could no longer do and then I went out and I thought as we said earlier I'm going to fight this I'm not going to accept it and I went to see a variety of therapists health therapists alternative therapists anybody I could to make me understand what it was that had happened to me and how I could live better from a physiological point of view so it's as much mind as it is body and that helped enormously but also small things like you know getting out with a family more getting a dog and now suddenly looking into her eyes thinking I've got to walk her whether I'm tired or not just those things get me out of the house and it makes me yes just not sit and, and dwell at home and feel miserable I've got this sense of purpose, and having kids gives you that sense of purpose. So you're not living just for yourself, you, you know that other people and creatures are relying upon you. So you step up as much as you can.
0: Because you, you always, you were lucky enough, I think you, you put it to always be able to work. You're mm. a journalist, so you, know, you, you could work.
1: Yes, the, I never got the brain fog that apparently many people get when they get, to where, so there's not enough energy that goes to the brain either. So you are f- as physically exhausted as you are mentally. I only have ever had the physical.
0: So I suppose you didn't have, at least you didn't have that guilt of you can't do anything, so you, no. were, achieved, so yeah. you were achieving something, because yeah. anybody feeling useful yes. is very important. Yeah, the,
1: the moment you start feeling useful, and I, I was aware of that after it had happened, and was my wife pointing out, so, you know, you've got to do things. She was the one that motivated me to get out and talk to other people about how to get well, and then from that came, came the book, but also came wife my return up, to health.
0: Sorry to interrupt, your wife comes out brilliantly in the book, I think I mentioned good, before. Yeah, you can, you can, you can, you can hear the, your <laughs> wife's strength yeah. through the book.
1: and it really was her strength. I mean, without her, I don't think I, because it's quite shocking when you get ill with anything, I imagine. When you get ill with something where the doctors are scratching their head and saying, I don't really know what's the matter, but look, rest, good luck. You do think, well, what do I do now? So I was, yeah, quite terrified of it and really humbled by it. And it was her that pushed me forward and said, look, you know, we need you as much as we ever did. So being able to work helped enormously because I I work from home. So instead of watching Jeremy Kyle or whatever's on TV cash in the attic, I'm, I'm there working and at least thinking I'm semi-useful, at least in some diminished capacity. But I can do things every day, I had things to do. And without that, I would have gone mad.
0: That's the thing, what, what, whatever work you do, I mean, at a very basic level, if someone's paying you to do it, it's, mm. it's useful. Yeah, yeah, you get, you
1: get a phone call, you get an email, think, oh, th- somebody knows I'm here. Because otherwise, the four walls are, that surround you can be quite suffocating. You need to have some kind of outside influence, don't you, or purpose.
0: Yeah definitely, mm. yeah for sure and I think, I mean someone I work from mostly from home too and yeah when I've had, you know I mentioned to you before, um, I went and had an ankle operation and I was on crutches for three months and I was able to work the whole time, in fact in mm. some ways got more done because I realised how much, when I was, I realised there, there were meetings and things I missed but I realised how much time you waste mm. Going and doing things that you don't really need to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, it helps you focus, doesn't yeah. it? This is what I need to do. This is all I can do. I'm going to focus on this. Well,
0: yeah, because if your job is is writing and editing, as most mm. of mine is, then for better or worse, that has to be done. To sat down. Yes. So. Yeah.
1: And I was very good at sitting down. Yeah. Really good.
0: Excellent. Champion. Champion at sitting down. Yeah.
1: So I tried to. Because I, I was always incredibly physically active before. I swam every morning, cycled every afternoon. I couldn't walk so much as run, you know, like speed walking. I was never really in a hurry to get anywhere, but in my mind I was, so I was never somebody who relaxed well. So when I got ill and suddenly all I could do was sit down, it was quite a shock to the system in, you know, literally and otherwise. So. I haven't been able to build much into that. I do ten to twelve minutes of yoga a day. I'd love to be able to do an hour, but you know, I'm hungry. Something's on TV. You know, I have to do. You know, I'll make up an excuse not to do it.
0: Yeah. See, these are different. These are different matters, though, aren't they? Now, just stop me if I start sounding like a motivational speaker Okay. Again. Go on. You, at any point, we should maybe have a buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> <but> a special <laughs> signal if I go if I go yeah. too far. Um, God knows I have got my own problems generally but uh, but I suppose uh, are you doing are you, are you not are you doing short amounts because of physical limitations or because of other limitations that's the question
1: I would say both yeah, I went, went on
0: a, a it has to be one to I be went
1: on a yoga part, retreat but. last year for work but I also really wanted to do it and suddenly I gone from doing my 10 minutes every day in front of BBC breakfast to doing an hour and a half in the morning and 2 hours a night and because my body is so deconditioned i just couldn't do it so i did five minutes in the morning and an hour and 15 minutes a night so i was able to do that so i that stunned me that i was physically able and obviously at the beginning of the week it was hard by the end of the week i was pretty good at doing it so i can do much more somehow you fall into all sorts of negative habits at home don't you you fall into routine so i do 10 minutes in the morning um and the excuse that I used to have until very recently was I needed to make my younger daughter's pack lunch now has school dinners so I can't use that excuse but my stomach knows after 10 minutes that I'm going to be making her lunch but then immediately after that I make my own breakfast so I, I curtail it so yeah in answer to your question I could do more I'm physically capable so of doing right, so more. I don't, it's my habit okay, and so that's I just don't push myself. If I joined a class I would push myself and I keep on meaning to join a class and I keep on putting it off. When we last spoke, you recommended hot yoga. See, this is really interesting about this kind of condition where you become overly cautious about yourself because the worst thing that could have happened to you has happened. You know, As I said before, the doctors don't quite know what's wrong with you and lots of things seem to trigger it you mentioned something called hot yoga which I'd vaguely heard about you were evangelical to use that Mm -hmm. word again about its properties and um, I thought I'm going to look at this because I felt really positive after our chat I mentioned it to a friend of mine and the same one I talked to you about earlier who immediately she, she googles and researches everything within an hour she'd sent me all of these really negative press pieces about do not do hot yoga it can be really bad for your health especially if you're not particularly healthy so all of the enthusiasm that you had infected me with, immediately went down the plug hole because she had sent me these things saying, this is dangerous. Too many clueless people do it without really knowing what they're the demands they're making of their bodies, and then they live to regret it. So I thought, I don't want to live to regret it. So I went back to doing my 10 to 12 minutes a day.
0: So this person, <laughs> the, this person who gave these negative reviews, what, what role has she got in your life, sorry?
1: she hasn't, she was, it was just, uh, she's she's an old friend of mine Okay. and I don't run to her every time and say can I do this it's nothing like that, it just so happened that we were talking and I said a really interesting conversation this morning with this guy he came to interview me, Wouldn't and I mentioned (laughs) it and it would be fair to say that she's quite an anxious nervous person I guess, so she would perhaps naturally radiate, she didn't send me the the nice pieces on hot yoga that I imagine are out there saying this is fantastic the best thing that could ever happen and I imagine that you've written one or two of them. She didn't send me those. She sent me the ones that I guess chimed with her inner core and perhaps knew might chime with, with mine as well. Um, so yeah, so, so I, yeah, we've veered off again, but yeah
0: do you know why I'm suppressing a laugh right now. I, do, I just i just love the idea that we had a we had a long chat about something yes i was a evangelical but you liked the idea yeah and then you went away and you, you found a negative friend yeah asked her what she thought mm. and she gave i didn't orchestrate it like no, that no
1: yeah but it, it did pan out that way it paned out that and way. as i said because you know there are lots of bad things that can happen in in, in your life and this bad thing happened in mine it wasn't very nice and I'd rather not go back to it. So yeah, you become incredibly careful. And, and I never used to stage manage my life like this before. I just went for it. I was not as reckless as I'd like to have been, but I was certainly fairly reckless and you know, I was immortal until I realized I, I wasn't. So I feel it's necessary now to I think, to I, manage
0: I think in a way
1: that I never would have done before.
0: That, that, that stopping feeling immortal thing, I think that's a good thing. Because that happened to me yeah. when I when I messed myself up in my mid thirties. I, mm-hmm. I, I had a bad accident, smashed my legs up, stag do fall, nothing, nothing particularly to show off about. But it was a thing that happened, and and suddenly you know I went from as you say feeling immortal to actually I could be dead now if I, you know for, if the wind had blown in a slightly different direction I could mm-hmm. be dead now, um, and I've got. A a Mm. battle to fight back to health to be even normal let alone do you know sport and things like that so um for for me yeah you might you you can remember what it it felt like to not give a shit about anything and it's quite Mm. it's a a nice it's a nice feeling in a way a feeling of freedom Mm. um but equally for me um I was at age where I wanted to have kids and want to have a family and it and it refocused my mind I think so I look back at a bad thing happening as sounds stupid but a positive thing in my life in that it refocused my mind on not being a silly kid anymore when it was time to be a grown up but you know that's just that's just my life, and I don't think nearly killing yourself is a recommendation <laughs> for people. It's just the way it happened to, yeah. happened to pan out for me. So, But I think in, in one way or another, at some point in your life, you probably do want to lose that feeling. Because that feeling is of, of nothing can hurt me. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. you didn't live a destructive life, and I didn't entirely, but no, it, has, it yeah. had destructive elements. Yeah. I think realizing that destructive elements can actually be destructive rather than just funny mm. is, is not.
1: No, that's not definitely a, bad a positive. Thing, so. But because what happened to me was so disabling in a way, you know, it kind of reduced my world and, and kept me here in, inside the house because I just had no physical energy. I seem to have gone, I suppose, to an extreme where, yes, it, it, I need to take. Caution, especially when, if only when it comes to physical activity you obviously had a completely different experience um, you know you broke bones and and something more vague happened to me and the, you know the, the jury's still out on why and as, as you know lots of people have lots of different theories as to why but you came back fighting you did you know you're quite weird and quite impressive you know you had this inner strength that you, you know you broke bones so you were told to be careful so what do you do? You do kickboxing, which is insane. But it kind of, I wish I had that metal, because because I, I don't, I think, and you know, we don't choose, if, if illness and, and things like this teach you anything, it's I guess who you really are. So I think, okay, this is me, I didn't really know. So what I'm trying to do in my own way is continually fight it, continually trying to push the, the barriers and get better while doing research, hopefully good and bad research, but you know, trying to find everything to see what can I do to to make myself as optimum as I can be in a fairly cautious way and as I said this is news to me this is who I've revealed myself to be post illness you became Superman you know when I grew up I'd like to be like you but the moment well
0: it's I think the the bit you said about finding out who you really are is important because yes for me it was about um, doing some things mm. that I should have done before, so
1: and not after, and yet you did them after,
0: and, and and not after, yeah, exactly. So, so I'd done a lot of martial arts, but I'd never really competed. So that was one of those things I I really regretted because I I realised that, right. that 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 doing martial arts is a fundamental part of who I am, and I'd lost it during to, to my. You yeah, know, I'd done a lot when I was growing up, but I'd lost it my way with it a lot during my adult years, you yeah. know, because thinking other things important, going out and being yeah. silly and stuff. So, but that's that's maybe a bit people notice, because yes, it might seem unusual to to have a bad injury and then go back and do things which sound, it's jitsu or kickboxing, but oh, sorry, um, I'm sorry, it's fine. Okay. It's, it's, I knew it had something a, to do with, yeah, it's a I mean, yeah. <laughs> actually no but it was kickboxing going up and actually doing jiu-jitsu was a sensible move you see because okay, kickboxing, oh, so you, there was- you kick, kickboxing you're standing up and kicking people jiu-jitsu a lot of it you're on the ground so I was thinking about my health in a positive way I was
1: did doctors corroborate that later doctors what that, good idea to do no, jiu-jitsu
0: no. You're, 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 that's not a corroboration you're likely to get from any doctor yeah. I've yeah yeah but um I saw the difference this is this is a serious part I saw the difference in my health I didn't immediately go and start martial arts I so I did it 11 years ago I I just I did for what I could you know so I got back to walking again and I went to the gym and I started trying to you know, work my upper body and I did what I could, but I didn't do anything serious. It was only a few years so five, six years after it happened that I suddenly thought, hang on, I feel pretty much normal. And this is what tied in with what you were saying because I was also getting older, so you know this was when I was 40. So I'd hit 40 and I'd I'd long enough recovered from this injury to think, well it's not going to get any better than that. Right. You know, the healing is not going to get any better. Yeah. All that's going to happen is I'm going to get older and i'm going to get in worse shape so i just thought well i'll try bit by bit doing something that i've i would love to get back into doing Mm. martial art so i started very gently you know took a few private classes it's a ground based thing so you're not putting too much okay and i sort of slowly got back into it and then maybe got a bit carried away and started competing and maybe possibly doing a slight bit of damage
1: oh you have but has it done you good ultimately
0: I had I had a lot of metal work, and the, the worst of the two smashed up legs. I had a lot of metal work in there, and the the operation I had earlier this year was uh, cleaning up a lot of the kind of orthopaedic work that had been done before. But they said this this happens after ten years with a with a break like that. You're probably oh. going to get need some repairs. So from doing the martial arts, has that possibly accelerated the pain? Maybe a little bit. But the, on the positive side, I was in such so much better shape from having done mm. it that my overall, the, the way yeah. I feel overall is is a hundred times better than it and was And also before. mentally
1: as well, you have and to men- and Mentally, it's just yeah. you
0: can't you can yeah. compare the two. L-
1: leaving behind the things that you loved doing is is the hardest thing, isn't it? Mm. So if you still had these ambitions that you wanted to achieve, it makes perfect sense from a mental health point of view to to pursue them. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more.
0: And it's a long life plan, you know, <clears throat> the, the competing was more of a short term thing and yeah. so I might not do that anymore but I want to be teaching martial arts when I'm 70, I really oh, I see. do, you know, this is, and um, this is a thing, you know, the jiu-jitsu, the guy, the guy who founded it, there are these pictures of him, he died when he was 89 I think, and there are pictures of him weeks before he died, you know, this was, he, he, he kept training, then one day he felt a bit ill and um, wow. two weeks later he died. So that was it's it's a sort of lifelong mm. thing for me. Yeah. So yeah, it, it might sound silly from a, from the, yeah. the short version of it, smashed up your legs, because I, people I haven't seen for a while, that it's, of course, you'll know from your condition that if you've got one thing in your life that stands out, unfortunately that's what people ask you about when you haven't mm. seen them in a while. Yeah. And so, it's nice having something that's not that, you know. Mm, so,
1: absolutely. So, like,
0: how, how are your legs? It's like, you know, after a while, it's not it's not the first question yeah. you ask. Then you fight, you do other things, and I guess mm. you, you move past it.
1: Yeah.
0: So, and I think for me, it probably, as you say, you find the thing you want to go back to. Mm. What would that thing be for you? Do you know?
1: It was always... I think I'd got most of what I wanted to do out of my system, all I ever wanted to do was travel as much as I could, and we did an awful lot of that, you know, my wife, or girlfriend as she was then, and I did it, and then I did it through work, and I wanted to write. So I'm sure there's lots of you know, I, I like to have an outdoor life, so that's kind of gone back a bit, has been pruned back, but there was nothing, you know, this happened to me when I was 42, so I, you know, I'd had... A good shot of being a grown-up and I'd done a lot of the things I wanted to do uh,
0: and, and already, we'd had yeah, kids yeah, yeah. So you-
1: and when you have kids you know you, you, you well I'm sure lots of people can do whatever they want when they have to get they can travel the world still but you are you do feel more rooted or at least that, uh, we did and you know they wanted the film the familiarity of where we were and uh, the neighborhood and the local school so it quite suited the four of us um, to be here so um I, I gave up my physical life i guess to a certain extent but only to a certain extent you know we still managed to go away and to go on holiday a few years ago we were considering moving to um china for a few months just because i think it's that thing you were saying just now about you you, you know you, people only ask one thing of you and you, you feel so defined by it. you want to redefine yourself and work was quite quiet at that time it picked up shortly afterwards but that time it was really quiet for me And my wife had this possibility of transferring to China. We thought, we'll do it, we'll we'll get back, and we'll get back an adventurous life. If I can be tired in London, why can't I be tired in another city? The kids were younger, uh, so they would have come with us, there would have been less argument, I think, from them. Now they're 11 and 13, there's no moving them from friends and school. But that was very much, I remember having tunnel vision then, thinking, we're doing this, we're doing this. It felt like such a an impossible leap, but I loved being able to consider an impossible leap, because that's what we used to do before, before I was ill, but before we had kids, you know, we just used to go away on a whim and not have any idea where we were going. So I loved that, and I found I really missed it. To the, And I'm still aware of that, that whenever we do go on holiday, physically, or I guess physiologically, I feel much better, because there's this sense of adventure that I guess I'm lacking here, because here I have such a routine-based life. My job is wonderful, because I meet and interview fascinating people. I've got to write what I thought was some really interesting, worthwhile books. But my, the rest of my life is very routine-based. And I can have my coffee more or less the same time every day. I'm home every day for the kids and walking the dog every day. And I like that. I derive a lot of comfort from it, but I like, yes, I miss the spirit of adventure.
0: Maybe that's what you like doing. You know, maybe maybe that's what maybe that's what you're meant to be doing at this, I don't
1: know. at this point. At this yeah, point, at this point, because we have two your, kids yeah, at maybe, school maybe, and that suits you. No. Oh, you see what I'm doing now? Yeah, yeah I see. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I think meant the other.
0: Yeah, no, maybe, yes. maybe, <clears> maybe that. yeah. Maybe the amount you do yeah. now is the amount you yeah. want to do.
1: Yeah. Yes, and, and I'm aware that I'm not living selfishly. I'm living for other people as well, and it feels because I did manage to get the majority of it out of my system, it's not all gone, I wish I'm quite glad of, so maybe one day we can do that again, but I like...
0: Of the majority of the travel... Yeah, lust.
1: the wanderlust hasn't yeah. quite left me and I, you know, we went to Spain this summer and we ended up at a water park, which was absolutely fine, but it's not my kind of holiday and I'm thinking, well, wow, here I am now, but the kids loved it far more than they would some train through... Um, Uzbekistan or whatever, you know, whatever. So I, I feel I'm in the right place now. So I feel that despite the health issues, I do feel in a pretty good place mentally as well. It makes me feel good that, yeah, I'm where I should be. I'm doing the right thing. I'm not necessarily putting myself first, and I don't want to. I want to put them first.
0: So water park in Spain, holiday, how long did you go for? What's
1: Twelve days.
0: Twelve days. <clears throat> so is that quite an active holiday
1: or not as active as we used to have but active enough yeah
0: but yeah you're up and about and yes
1: as i am here as i am yeah. most times here and you know life is more or less normal I, i'm i'm not what i was when i started writing a book or when i started uh, feeling ill initially when i couldn't really leave now i can have more or less the same kind of time as you have uh, on an average day i will feel tired having gone out on a typical day and it will take me longer to recover than somebody else but then I'm back to normal. So I deal with a lot of transient tiredness in my life, which is not fun, but I'm very, very used to it. So, but otherwise that's as much as it's affecting life today. And there have been times when it's been worse, when there's been relapses and minor ones, and then one particularly major one, which was um, a shock. But otherwise, yeah, life is, is normal.
0: I wrote something down then, I reached for the, I, you for notebook, but I wrote down it will <clears> take me longer to recover than someone else. Now yeah. I'll tell you why I wrote it down. Go um, I just did a podcast with a guy called Vinny Shawman. Amazing! Um, he's a mind coach. I sent it to you so I haven't haven't um, put it up yet. But he's um, big on linguistics. He's he's big on um, the way we talk about ourselves. Because I was talking to him and I and I was saying things like. I this, I that, and you know when, and they they think, and he he picks up on it because it you sort of transferring things to other people all the time. So you're talking about your own problem. I'm talking about me here, not you. Talking about your own problems, and when it becomes uncomfortable, you you need to transfer it onto someone else. So
1: that's uh, really interesting. Yeah, that's fascinating. And
0: and you know, as a as a as a writer, you you're used to changing person according to the. According to the text, you know? yeah. So you you, 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 know, we all know that you, you can alternate depending on the style and whatever. But when you're talking, when you're talking about your own <laughs> stuff, it's not just a question of style. It's important because it's important. You know, what perspective you're talking. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as you talk about other people, his question, he would interrupt me, and say, um, "How do you know?" And 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 and, it, and at first, as it's just this is just my way of talking, but it, it really made me think about how I was forming my opinions of stuff because there's this assumption you understand other people, yeah. and the more you think about it, you don't know what other people are thinking you don't know what other people are feeling, and the reason I spoke that down in case I immediately forgot it as a way is that you said it'll take me longer to recover than someone else, so you're making a comparison with. I don't know who. Who do you think you're comparing yourself to there?
1: see, that's a very good point. Um, I guess because I know her, my wife, so if we go out and walk the dog for an hour, she'll be fine and I'll be feeling okay, I need to kind of uh, recoup then. So I was about to say the average person, and I'm well aware there's no such thing, but someone who doesn't have, I guess, my health condition. Um, you know, when we go on holiday and we come back, my daughters, especially the 13-year-old, will immediately want to reconnect with her friends, so she'll be home for half an hour and go out. I'm completely wiped out for the rest of the day and tomorrow. So yeah, the, the, the people around me, the people who I guess are fitter than I am. But I was aware, there, there were people I did speak to when I was trying to learn how to get better, or how to learn to live with uh, my health condition as it was then who talk very, a lot about the power of speech and the power of thought and how it influences what we think and how that can have a negative effect on, um, on our bodies and how our bodies respond to our thoughts. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's key, isn't it, to, to think more positively because that informs everything. And that's a, a skill I'd love to learn I suppose better. It's, I suppose it's
0: just thinking, like, well, let's suppose, for example, you couldn't keep up with you know, you, you got tired more quickly than your wife because you were twenty years older than her, you know. It was just that would just be accepted as normal, wouldn't it? It would yeah. just be it's just your age and you wouldn't you wouldn't think there's anything you could particularly do about it. Um but I suppose I'm wondering when you're making decisions about things and, and this is again something I've thought about a lot because I, I, I think of reasons to not do things. Hmm. Um now, often it's you know maybe it's something you don't want to do and something you shouldn't do, but i I'm aware that my mind throws up reasons that I shouldn't do things
1: but yes, that's me I'm watching
0: yeah and what what I'm interested in doing is being as honest with myself as possible about what those reasons are and then making the right decision as to whether I should ignore them or not
1: um, so there's always an inner monologue a, I think there's
0: always the you know uh, but if if things if if things are, are daunting, you, I think mm. in any way, I think it's completely normal. And this is, I think, accepting it's normal is the first step because you don't think you're weird for having fears. But <laughs> as soon as something comes up that could be daunting, your mind will, I think, a, a sane person's mind will throw up doubts. Mm. And I think I've got those in my own life, and I think now I just want to. In, you know, like accept that they're that they're there, and if they're silly, I should yeah. just get rid of them.
1: Yeah, because I, I think they were always there, and I didn't really tune into them, and it takes a wake up call for you to tune into them. And now, I certainly have been guilty of tuning into them too much and letting them dictate. So the fears, um, and part of I I guess my own process of getting better, is to ignore those and to yeah to have a more positive mindset and see how so, that affects the physical. But
0: let's say you, say you get a social invitation that's not an easy one, you know, so you've got to go away to something, and, it's, and so there are, suddenly there, there are loads of questions that come up, you know, can I, you know, mm. can I go because of work, can I go because of my family, and then do I actually want to go because yeah. is it going to be, you know, difficult in some way, other people, that, you know, there'll, there'll be various things barriers from stopping you going on this mm. thing, some of them totally legitimate. And you might have to say, I, "I'd love to go, but I absolutely can't because you know I'm needed here for this reason." Yeah. So I suppose if, in that list of reasons, the health condition is one of them, I suppose it's I suppose it's important to know not not necessarily the nature of the condition or the or the stuff we talked about last time, but it's important to know what you're comparing yourself physically to you know because if you're just if you're comparing yourself to you ten years ago that might be
1: which I did yeah yeah a lot yeah now I'm trying to compare how I felt yesterday or last week Mm. and because I yeah I have those things and I I do them now as you know maybe a few years ago I wouldn't have done them because I thought I can't but I do them now and mostly it's been fine but I am consciously aware of preparing myself so if I'm going away on Friday I will try, where possible, to have a, an easier week and not push myself too much physically, not, not mentally, physically, so I will have the necessary strength and energy to do it. I'm sure a doctor would look at me and say, you're just talking rubbish, that's got no bearing on it whatsoever, but in my skewed mind now, because of all the evidence I've built up, um, that's how I, yeah, that's how I live life now, I think
0: i suppose i'm also aware of that there's a there's a slightly uncomfortable thought somewhere that there's a slightly uncomfortable thought somewhere that having a condition of any kind i'm talking about me here not you but having a condition of any kind can be a comfort because it's because it's a because it, it's a barrier to things i i think and i, and I it's a it's i think um, you've always got a you've always got a reason to to take a pause and not say yes to things. I think. I think it affords you some sort of distance from people. Mm. I think.
1: Yeah, you, do know, you have an incentive. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, sort of back off. Yeah. I've got this this thing I'm dealing with. Yeah, which I think it doesn't have to be a condition. People you, use, or I not think I think use is the wrong word, but they have all these things in their life. So I'm busy with work. Hmm. You can't. I'm busy with work. You have yeah. to you, you back off. I've got I've got my family to deal with. You have to back off. So we've got all these kind yeah. of things that yes, they're things we may we may love doing, choose to do, but they're also kind of they're insulators, aren't they?
1: Mm. Yes, yes, and you you do you maybe you start to use it as an excuse. You know, in my job, my line of work, I interview lots of people. I've done lots of health interviews, and then but then I also interview people in throughout the arts, and I could talk to them about all sorts of different subjects, but midlife might come up and they will say these things to me, and i think, oh my god, I recognise myself, so maybe this isn't because I have this health issue, maybe this is a process of getting older, so in a way, I don't quite know what midlife would have felt like without this, because I this is the reason for everything as far as I'm concerned over the last eight years. But it may not, it may just have been, my life would have gone this way anyway. I would have been far more sedentary anyway, because there's only so many trains you can go on after all, and at some point you do need to sit down and take stock and, you know, have kids and all the rest of it. But yeah, I've used the illness as the reason for everything, you know, the sun around which, everything else. But maybe that's just... What happens as we grow old, and Mm. yeah, I'm using this. I don't think I'm expressing it really well, but I'm following on from what you're saying. I think, I think the
0: fact that we're struggling. But I think the fact that we're struggling for language is important because the fact that we we say things like we use as excuse, and then we back off because that sounds yeah, it sounds like you're judging yourself. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's. I suppose it's. I don't excuse, but an excuse is necessarily. An excuse can be a neutral word, can't it? You have an excuse. No, it's a reason. It's a, a yeah, reason. Re- re- it a really reason is yeah, because I, I, so yeah.
1: I'm aware that I say no a lot and, you know, in my mind it's because of this, but it could be because of something else. If I'm interviewing someone or I've met someone had a conversation with someone and they are full of health but exhibit the same character traits as me, it sometimes surprises me thinking, oh, right, okay, so it's... That would have been me all along, you know, there's a piece in the telegraph on Sunday about male friendship and how it reduces in age and how we find it harder to make friends in midlife. And I thought that had happened to me because when you're not very well and you your social life takes a hit, so you don't go out much and then you you fracture. So then reading various men talking about how their own social circles have slimmed down has got nothing to do with what happened to me makes me think, oh, it's, it's maybe these are more common experiences to people for all sorts of different reasons. And I don't constantly have to go back to this one Achilles heel of mine. Ah, it's because of this, ah, it's because of this. No, it's not, it's because of life. It's because of all sorts of other things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've definitely become less social. Mm. i got older, I'm definitely happier being, being at home.
1: You are? Yeah.
0: And I used to be terrible. I used to be the last one home, and then suddenly, I guess having kids and stuff, and just but is your wife not enjoying binge drinking anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah. these simple little things. like And that. Does it,
1: can your wife say the same thing, or is it because there seems to be? She's we, more we social afford, than yeah. me.
0: so she's the one that she's the one that forces me into doing.
1: It's things. a real. It really lives up to stereotypes, does not yeah, it? In, yeah, in, in every case, I mean, yeah. in our neighbourhood here, that my wife has worked really hard to 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 make really good friends here, and she works at it and but she's got a really close circle of friends and they will invite the husbands along and we will stand there sullenly in the corner cradling do. a beer and you do. think oh we are a sitcom made flesh it's
0: i do a bit of that yeah mm. because yeah i i find it I, do, I find it easier and easier not to go out yeah and you know, because yeah because i because i've got so into training as well like mm. if i've if i've got an evening i'd like to do that you know i see yeah. As, as kind of as, as much. It's as really it's tragic. Really, I think it's. I'd have looked at if I twenty years ago. I'd have looked at me now and thought, well, you're going to go to a yoga class in the evening through choice. I thought that's tragic, but I, I think I just yeah. when I suppose partly it's I get such joy from my family and physically the difference between waking up when you've been drinking and waking up when you've
1: yeah I can't done, do that anymore done, Gosh, done
0: yeah. sport or when you've done, or in the middle done nothing, is huge. Yeah. So binge drinking, you wake up feeling now like you haven't done it in years, but you feel dreadful.
1: Mm.
0: Done nothing, you feel mm, a bit rubbish. (coughs) Whereas if you've done, if you've eaten good food and done some exercise, you wake up feeling, Mm. I mean, it doesn't, it, nothing's magic, you know, It doesn't. None, nothing makes it, all, all the problems yeah. go away. Yeah,
1: it's directly related to our recovery, isn't it? If we're not recovering as quickly as we used to, you just think, oh, well, this isn't worth it anymore. Mm. And when we were younger, you know, you'd know, you wake up on the hangover thinking, I'm not doing this again. But by lunchtime, you're fine. So you think, oh, of course I'll do it again. But now, it lasts for days, and I think, okay, I'm definitely not doing this again because I can't. No. But yeah, so yeah, your social life has a, a knock-on effect, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I guess so. Mm. I don't know, why, why is it, why men go really unsociable and women? Is that some...
1: It goes throughout life. Um, I wrote a book on loneliness yeah, and social isolation and I had to speak to all sorts of people from, from mid-teens to 95 was the oldest and in almost all cases women were happier to talk than men and to confess to any feelings of being isolated and in all cases all the doctors and psychologists I spoke to said the men suffer the hardest we, in inverted commas, make our social circles in the workplace or the pub. So once we've lost our job, once we're retired, um, we've fallen off that tree and we don't know how to communicate anymore with new people who find it really hard to make friends. Mm. Whereas women can continue to make friends throughout life. It's it's hard for both genders, but women do it much better than men. And yeah, men really struggle. Uh, So I spoke to people who had recently retired, one of whom was an alcoholic so could no longer go to the pub and he was completely adrift. He, he didn't know how to make a social circle, a new social circle at the age of 60. Um, and women can talk face to face, which is what we're doing now, which is highly unusual apparently for men. Men talk shoulder to shoulder, so we have to be doing something physical. Um,
0: I realized, I realized I still do it. I'll be, I'll be talking to someone standing up in the street and I'll realize that I'm, I'm standing sideways like this.
1: Wow, really! I, There's non-verbal communication for you. <laughs> I know <laughs>
0: it's yeah. terrible, and I, I, I guess I've always done it. So it's so sideways on, and now I, I, feel like I don't make myself, and all you know, all the sort of folding arms and things.
1: So, do you and think that without the the headphones and the microphone for the job that you're doing now, you wouldn't be as good or as frank a conversationalist, Because you are well, really good and open. It's, it's, but is um, that the paraphernalia that's making you?
0: I think it's it's partly the paraphernalia and it's partly it's partly the feeling that there's a need to make ourselves do it because um you see how little it happens Mm. um i've been you know there's a there's a we have a friend who has who has ms and i've been trying to get her to do a podcast with me and she doesn't want to do it i -hmm. don't want to do a podcast because i don't want to publicize her condition, she just not want to talk about it. But, but um, it's the only, it, some some people just don't sit and talk to you. And mm. she's one of these people, she's a lovely person, but you never get her attention for more than a minute. And if it's a, you might if you're yeah. having a laugh, but any anything, you're trying to wear anything serious, and there's always something to do. And you know, she's got kids and stuff, and there's always a child dropping something. So people don't do it. I, I know lots of people who the phones are there, and. I don't know, it's, it's, it's rare to sit face to face. But I
1: always sense that whenever people do sit down to do it, even if it's difficult, they're so grateful that they've done it. It feels really good to talk. I guess that's what the dynamic is with psychiatrists, presumably. You feel good for talking and it, it helps push, you know, ease your problems, push them away.
0: Yeah, and you have to. So keep, it's worth. And, and, and yeah. yeah, I think any, and any therapist like that will, will admit that most of the work is not done by them.
1: It's you know, talking. It's, it's the per-
0: yeah. and it's the person coming there yeah. and deciding to do that yeah. and, and and yeah, just sitting down and and yeah, and, and to a great extent, the person's a, as a kind of vehicle mm. for it. Yeah. And yeah, we for for I don't know. You can you could blame phones, but I think mm. it's, you know. It's, I think technology is a great part of it, but yeah, we're, yeah it was we're, always there.
1: But yeah. phones has made it easier to do something else before we didn't know what to do instead of not talking now we know exactly what to do not talking yeah now we have something
0: now there's absolutely no need to be uncomfortable because you can look into your portal Mm. and i can look into mine and we can sit here yeah you know we could hate each other it would be fine Mm. we could share this space because we have this yeah and there's no no, i mean even you see i mean it's become a cliche but you see groups of teenagers just sitting around and Mm not looking.
1: What's weird as well, other. because you, when they're not with each other, they're on their phones talking to each other. Mm. And then when they're with each other, they're on their phones talking to him, because surely their, their circle is there. They don't need their phones, but they still are on their phones when they're surrounded by one another. And who are you talking to now? I thought you were talking to them when you weren't with them. So now you're all together, look up. Oh, yeah, they don't.
0: Um, and it doesn't seem to be heading, I mean, the technology is only going to get better and you know do fully immersive
1: Well one psychologist I spoke to uh, on this subject told me that we have a habit of you know this is still a new Christmas present for us we're still at the novelty stage and it's making people feel bad and the newspapers are full of headlines saying this is bad for us it's having negative effects that children will get bored first and they are the ones driving the technology in the future. So, so you know what, this didn't make me feel really good, I'm going to change, I'm going to make new technology. So hopefully the reliance on the phones that we have now will change shape in the future, at least that's what this particular American you psychologist
0: you certainly hope we can't continue just walk around following mm. them around. I, yeah. I mean, I do impose rules on myself with, with the phone, like I won't walk around the street.
1: No, no because it's walking into people no
0: <laughs> but that doesn't seem weird but it but it yeah. is, but it is unusual because most people are doing it yeah, yeah there doesn't seem to be any break on it
1: no none we're all complete when, when were you really ask, uh,
0: ask directions for example <laughs> yes. and it doesn't you, you <laughs> yeah. see people that you think oh yeah that person needs directions oh no they're not gonna yeah they're not, they're not gonna ask you. they're just gonna it. yeah their exactly phone.
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: so I don't know, I, but mm. you don't want to be that. You don't want to be that person railing against the technology. No, but, no. But I think at least people could, you know, carve themselves uh, some time, like we're doing now, to sit, turn mm. the phones off, and, and talk face to face. Because yeah. there's nothing wrong with occasionally feeling uncomfortable and being asked something that you that you're not that mm. happy talking about. Because you know, if you if, if every if every time you it, you felt like that you've diverted and started playing whatever yeah. the latest yeah. phone game is because
1: it's just escapism you know when we spoke last time as well it felt like such food for thought it really made me yeah. think it through and you know you almost don't know I don't know how you feel as a writer but I don't really know how I feel until I've written it down and made sense of it on the page or on the screen you think oh right okay because it takes a while I think I hope I write better than I speak it, so it makes more sense on the page and if I hadn't got it there it would still be swirling around all these disjointed words. Yeah, because you're so, distilling. And talking helps.
0: Yeah, you're distilling thoughts down, aren't yeah. you? Um, you're showing that you're finding some clarity, and I think that ti- that ties in with this linguistic thing when mm. when we're talking, particularly about a, a, a difficult subject. We, we think how, how are we putting this? How, Has how, it changed how, the way you I... talk
1: now? Or is that a learning curve?
0: But this was only a, this was a few days ago. Yeah. Um, it's changed a, it's changed a few things about about me i, I mean he's a, he's a great guy and he's a he's a he's a martial artist as well and he he got he made his name by mind coaching well first training like thai boxers and, and kickboxes but then as a mind coach for some prominent fighters and he's just it's just a no-nonsense approach to what you know what what is that what are you saying so it, and because I, I get, we get used to like not being questioned. I don't know. People, you just people let you talk. I think maybe it's because people aren't listening that carefully a lot of the time. <laughs> so to actually have someone that doesn't just nod along and then say some stuff themselves, but actually s- stops you while you're talking—that was—that was novel for me. Mm. So I guess yeah, you're just used to people let, yeah. you, let you have you. A lot of talking is just people taking their turn. You have you, you have your go, and they're not really going. Ah, oh. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, they don't listen.
0: And, so, and to realise that I, you know, that I'm playing linguistic games with myself, and mm.
1: kind of
0: skirting around things.
1: Yeah,
0: I went to see him about um, a social issue of mine, actually, which you might not have guessed from how confident I am. Um, I'm a sweater, or was. So, I maybe I told you in the context of hot yoga. Oh, okay, god! But I've had a few interview sweats where. You know, I've been in a slightly hot, you know, you did those hotel room junket type things, yeah. and you're in a slightly hot room, and I feel a bit of a sweat coming. And I've had a few really embarrassing ones which are just pouring down my face. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's, it's awful. And it's one of those things that I, you know, talking about the excuses that pop up, it's mm-hmm. one of mine. So like, you know, some formal event in black tie, I'll be thinking, well, oh, that'll be me sweating. You know, so it's one of my.
1: What you know, prompts it? Anxiety or? Well, heat. It,
0: it, but the difficult thing is, it's a combination of the two, right? So I, was, I was sweat a lot doing sport, so, mm. and I, that's just that's just the way my body is. But because the, he he drilled down into this when he he drilled and said, and he took me back to the first time I'd had an anxiety related one, and it was um. I, I remember a couple. And it's kind of it was kind of embarrassing. Careers advice kind of time when I'd been in the room that wasn't that hot, and I just started sweating. So, I think what it is is it's a it's a collision of of a physical thing that I have that became an anxiety thing
1: because there's is a worrying it
0: worrying about him. Yeah, and then you, yeah, yeah. So he, it's a phobic response. Um, so because it, it doesn't you know if 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 we're in a if. I can I can do sport, do sport and I won't immediately be boring with sweat, You know, so I can cope with, and I'm in I'm in good shape. I can cope with a normal situation, but this this phobic response I developed meant it was a thing, and I think I'd I think I'd more or less got a handle on it because I knew if I was very confident, you know, so if I would get myself really ready for something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've done TV a couple of times. If you get your head ready, I was sort of fine. I wouldn't think about it. But there were other times, particularly when I, it was somewhere where I didn't feel quite comfortable, you know. So, say I was doing some paid work that maybe I'm not that into, you know, so there would be that kind of, maybe it's, a, you know, the, it would become the maybe the imposter syndrome mm. thing again, you know, what am I doing here? Yeah. And so, yeah, it became an, an anxious thing. And I thought, this is ridiculous because um, you know, as we've said previously, I'm trying to make as much of a go in my life as I can at this point and forget about anything I've fucked up in the past and to have some silly little worry like this. Mm. But as he said, when I got to him, I arrived in what he called a semi-hypnotic state in that you've already decided you want to get this bullshit out of your mind. So you've done half the work, you sort of know and he just gets you to talk through and you you he, he got me to he took me to these uncomfortable experiences and and he gets you to first of all you do some kind of stuff to show how strong your mind is like kind of pretending your hands are magnetized and stuff where you you're aware that it's all tricks but you can feel you know you can feel these heavy weights in your hands and things like that so he does some stuff like that mm-hmm. and then going through these uncomfortable experiences but then doing them back and forward and black and white and back and forward and just making the whole thing ridiculous and robbing it of its emotional gravitas. Wow. And it.
1: That sounds really interesting.
0: Yeah, so it was a, and, and it also makes you realise that all the uh, almost all other worries are the same thing. Yeah. They're all just sillinesses. Mm because you know everyone's got everyone's got daft fears of what would happen it all these what if what would happen if wouldn't it be embarrassing yeah and but, but when i even talked about embarrassing she said what's you are know, well, talking about you the only, you, you can only you you can only comment on what you feel but you're assuming there are people assuming everyone's looking at me everyone's thinking this most people don't give a shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're and that's, wrapped quite, up.
0: that's yeah. quite freeing mostly people don't a shit to
1: yeah we need to convince ourselves that we believe that hmm. mm. and that's hard isn't it because you are always worried about what everybody thinks and nobody's thinking because they're thinking about what everybody else thinks and everybody's thinking the same thing about what everybody else thinks but the truth is we only really have time for ourselves and we don't really care you know it's like You'd never notice that somebody else has had a haircut, or they're not going to like my my jeans or the wrong thing. They're not paying the slightest bit of attention. Do
0: you know what's good for this? This is so awful of me. It's yoga. Is it hot? Well, no. Do you know? <laughs> but you know, no. The, the one thing they do in yoga, they they con they make you concentrate just on what's what's happening on your mat. So, like, if you're having a bad day, or you're looking around and you know there can be distracting things, good or bad, in a in a in a hot yoga studio, but you need to, if to do it properly, you need to only concentrate on what's going on.
1: I went to a yoga retreat are. last year, as I was saying earlier, and I always made sure to position myself at the very back, because there were all these women in lycra who knew what they were doing, and I just felt like a womble there, you know, I just uh, yeah, creaking and not, not being that, able yeah, to do it. Look. So, you know, they said, "Oh, just just worry about what you're doing," but I spent the entire time looking at what they were doing over there. thinking, oh, oh no, no, I'm supposed to be doing like this. Yeah. and horribly self-conscious so, you know by the end of the week i was fine but yeah it's weird because i just felt i was such a fish out of water amongst people who, who knew what they were doing so yeah i was very self-conscious but, but, you, but you
0: know that thing they say about accept you know that position of surrender this accept thing yeah that's important i think because w- with the sweating thing i i, ha- I went to, so I, so i saw finish all about this social thing this professional anxiety sweat thing and that's gone right i'm that's that won't happen again I but i really? know i know because it's wow. yeah because i because i've decided it's a it's a silly thing that's in the past but i thought well it's not going to stop me sweating it's not going to stop me being a sweatier than average person so i've been to a hot yoga class since and i've I sweated a lot, but the difference was I didn't care. And instead I also thought, would I rather, because you suffer in these classes and people have to stop and, and have a lie down, you know, it's hard to get through. them. And now I think, well, would I rather be exhausted and overcome by heat or cool? You know, cooler than that. So yeah. you can see, see, heavily sweating is a good thing, and it is yeah. a good thing. And also, can, it's the
1: point, isn't it?
0: Yeah. There. So and everyone does it. And you, so if, if you do more, I mean, okay, you might have a bit, bit of a mess to <laughs> okay. mop up afterwards, okay. but yeah, I see. It, I, basically, the point is, I you can't change the body you've been mm. given. You can make it healthier, but you can't yeah. you can't swap it for someone else's, unfortunately. So you just so it's about accepting. That's what I'm saying. So accepting and and if. And if I was to start sweating when I was interviewing someone, who cares? You know, I wouldn't. It wouldn't become Mm -hmm. a phobic response because that then compounds itself. (laughs) It'd just be, well, so it's happening. So I've got. So have you
1: been able to take that strength of mind to other areas of your life? You know, you said before you had a hard time after your latest operation, dealing with the pain. If you have such, you sound so assured in your yeah, in your strength of mind. Can you just apply it there and? Not quick fix, but it's deal not, with.
0: It's not about it's not it's not about being assured in my strength of mind because I have weaknesses and doubts daily, like okay. everyone I think. But it's it's about not listening to them and not for for me. You know, it's about because um, it's it's noise. So mm. so doubts and fears will creep in. You know, I have I'll I'll be walking to jiu jitsu class now and think, I what if I. I these things come into your head, but if you've made decisions to do these certain things in your life, then for me it helps to just decide things, like I'm gonna do this on this day, this on this day, mm. and and then what if, if doubts creep into your mind you just think, well, no, I've decided that already. Mm. So has it has it helped other areas in life? I, I think so because I think it's made me it's made me think. It's made me think a lot about. It just happened on the way there. I was. I'd um, listened to this sh- very short audio book I've been recommending to everyone called "Lying" by Sam Harris. He's a an intellectual um, American. He's famous for being an atheist, but he's um, he's a very he's a very interesting thinker, and he talks about why we lie. and I think even people like I like I did that consider myself an honest person. He goes into white lies, and I know that, that you know the things you say because you, you get invited to something and you you kind of oh, I'd love to, but and it, you know may, maybe they, then they say oh how about you come <laughs> you come on this date, but I think you. He's basically saying that even complimenting people in a, in a white lie is bad because you're you're kind of poisoning the the thought process. You're poisoning the any any discourse you have uh-huh. with someone, and you're um, and you're just doing you're just doing slight damage to yourself the whole time. So it's made me want to just so the combination of the book and going to see him is maybe just want to cut all the bullshit out of my life. And as and, and much do the things that you know, I really feel there's a purpose to doing.
1: There's a lot of good advice sounds out there, bit, isn't
0: there? I sound like I've gone a bit far. In. But it seems
1: to use it, but there's a lot of really good advice out there. You know, we don't, it must always have been there, and you just don't need it, so you don't pay any attention to it, you don't know it exists. So when I was ill and I needed advice, I could find it. There was loads of. Obviously, you have to sift through, there's some that doesn't chime with you. But it's interesting how much out there, and you know, these people that you're, you're name checking here, who, that's their, their world is to make ours slightly easier, more manageable, that life is really complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Mm. And yeah, if you find the right people out there who speak somehow directly to you, it can really have an impact. I found that through, you know, while I was ill and trying to get better, and you seem to be doing much the same. Hmm, yeah, I think it,
0: I suppose yeah, it's being honest with yourself is mm. what i'm trying to do as much as possible sometimes it's not comfortable but yeah no. and
1: do you ask these people how they got those jobs in the first place how do they know all this stuff and how does which which one is all all of, the, you know the the audiobook that you're oh listening the, to, but the, the guy that you interviewed for the podcast Oh, the how po- is he in that position where he and what's his well mind he trained
0: like? as he trained as a Neurolinguistic neuro-linguistic practitioner and as a um, um, uh, hypnotist
1: does he so does that mean he lives before. a life free of doubt free of anything negative he is perfect he's achieved perfection
0: now this is the this is one of the first things he said to me and this is what i attempted to say to you in your answer but i didn't do it very well is that it doesn't it this doesn't fix bad. It just can't fix a lot of terrible stuff. You know, ah. there's the, the, the stuff you can fix in your life by coaching your mind differently. Yeah. Is the bullshit? Is the noise? Mm. You know, you can't you can't make yourself capable of things you couldn't yeah, do before. It's, 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 yeah. it's Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Negating the need for medicine, and mm. it's not. No, mechanism. but he has no
1: noise in his head. He so has, those no, doubts had, that we all yeah,
0: He has noise. He says he has noise in his head, and he gets he gets angry. But you just, you just, you just, mm. try, you try not to. I can't really speak for him. But yeah. I, I did sort of ask him things like that, and um, I think it's just not listening to the noise—the simplest way of putting it—and mm. um, being and being aware when you're. When you're kind of allowing yourself to do things you shouldn't be doing.
1: Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah it's very interesting. Yeah. I'd like to hear.
0: Boy well, I've come out. I've come out and just sounded. I sounded like a motivational speaker again.
1: No, no at all.
0: Not at all. Little bit. No,
1: but you didn't l- the last time.
0: I mean, you, said, you know, like, you, those those were your words. You
1: sounded like some of the people that I'd met who knew things and knew how to cope with things and you know you don't remain a victim mm. so you know the, these aren't and these aren't negative these are compliments i oh, mean I, i'm not blowing smoke up your ass. No, that's think, nice. but to, to have that mental approach to life makes an awful lot of sense because otherwise you do sit there and you just vegetate and i've never been i hope that person i've always wanted to so no it, it, you know
0: well i was hoping at the very least it hadn't, it hadn't done more harm than good because i mean my my take on it was that you know, you. Mm. For how, you're a couple years older than me, aren't you? 40?
1: Fifty now. Are oh, you fifty mm. now? Somehow. Yeah.
0: You, you, but you, you're in, you're in decent shape for fifty. Mm. You can you can go you can go and do a yoga retreat or go to an aqua park. Don't seem ill to me.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's what I mean. I'm the, the way I was is not the way I am no. now. It's completely different. So life is fine now. So then, really,
0: it's, it's just about managing. Cause all the rest of, of it because all of us it's about managing your life with whatever limitations yeah. you have and every
1: single person has limitations everyone has everyone. It. it might be
0: financial yeah. they might be physical they yeah. might be, we've got limitations and and you don't even need to call them limitations it's just your life you can make it sound more positive these are what you can, yeah. you can do and you don't seem but you, said, you, you said
1: before that you're almost glad it happened because you learn things from it it certainly taught me how to cope I think it's upped my resilience hugely because I've had to deal with all of this stuff and you know if you would told me six months before it all happened this would happen I think well no 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 I couldn't couldn't possibly cope and yet as bad as it got I coped on a daily basis with kids with work with my wife with everything with life so yeah it, it does a world of good for your mental resilience and if there is a physical cause to my issue, which bipolar cancer is, it's something to the mitochondria and they don't quite know how to rectify that, but there are ongoing, um, there is ongoing research. I can certainly influence how I deal with it from a mental perspective. So this is, if this, you know, the brain is a muscle, it's, it's bigger now than it was eight years ago. It's...
0: So a question, if you, if you met someone new now, um, as likely as us men are to make new friends at this point in our life but if you met someone new would you um and and you got to talking about various things would you talk about this condition in the present tense
1: um i don't know both because it's ongoing to some extent there have been no i would ultimately i would talk about it in the past tense but it's left me deconditioned and unfit, and not a follower of hot yoga, so I'm nowhere near where I should be, yet. Yeah, so there are still symptoms that I have. But yes, I will talk about the bulk of it in the past tense, because it doesn't limit my life in the way that it used to. And that's because I think yeah, I've learned not just to live with it, but to overcome it as best as I can. Um, and yeah, as, it, as we were saying before when we were emailing, about how you deal with setbacks, that's the key, isn't it? I think about how you, not just with, with health, but in life, how you deal with all sorts of setbacks, and you kind of come back hopefully stronger. I've learned how to deal with those as well, in a way that I thought I couldn't before, mm. that would I crumble, but no, I didn't. I have this, I think I'm quite focused in, I don't have your daring do, exactly, but I've got a real, I hope, kind of inner steel that's not going, um, this isn't going to beat me. Because if you do go online and and Google conditions similar to mine, it can be the end of everything. And you can get really quite negative and bitter. I can perfectly understand why. But I really didn't want to have that kind of bitterness and I didn't want to be defined by it. I wanted to try and do as well as I can for me and for those around me and whose lives I touch slightly.
0: Yeah, well, I'm sure you'll go on and get one well soon and just be one of your many books. You're looking good. It's really good thank to you. see you again. Thank Nick you. Nick Jordan, thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks very much again to Nick Jordan. You can find out more about all his books at nickjordan.co.uk. That's N-I-C-K-D-U-E-R-D-E-N. .co.uk Thanks again Healthy Beast is at Healthy Beast Podcast thanks very much for listening